Thanks for joining A&M Conversation With, a podcast series featuring Alvarez and Marsal leaders discussing the trends impacting businesses today. On this episode of A&M Conversation With, Senior Director Art Hall sits down with Eric Wang, a Managing Director who heads the China Restructuring and Performance Improvement Practice, and Jeff Pollock, a Managing Director with our Corporate Performance Improvement Practice to discuss steel tariffs and their implications. Welcome to A&M Conversation With. This is the Supply Chain Edition. I'm your host, Art Hall. Steel and aluminum tariffs. This is a topic that has garnered global attention for the past 30 days or so. And today I have two uh, managing directors as my special guests to uh, talk about the topic. My first guest is Jeff Pollock. He is a managing director with Alvarez and Marcel in Atlanta. Jeff has more than 25 years of experience leading operations, sourcing, purchasing, sales, and demand planning for global companies. And then we're also joined by Eric Wang. Eric is a managing director with A&M in our Shanghai office. Eric heads our China restructuring and performance improvement practice and has more than 20 years of experience in general management, consulting, manufacturing, and engineering. So it'll be interesting to get a U.S. and a China perspective from two very accomplished uh, managing directors in our firm. So, Jeff and Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, Art. Thank you. Thank you, Art. So, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. And, Eric, after Jeff finishes his question, if you want to add on any points, feel free to do so. But, Jeff, from a supply chain perspective, what is going on with respect to steel and aluminum tariffs? Yeah, thanks, Art. Appreciate the question. So, as most of us know, in late March, the administration announced significant tariffs on all aluminum and steel coming into the U.S. market. On steel, it was 25%, and on aluminum, it was 10%. This accounted for over $17 billion worth of imported goods, and it really launched the efforts of the administration to, in their view, balance trade among the U.S. and its trading partners. This has sent a ripple through corporations around the world as many corporations look to see what they were importing, what they were exporting, and that crossed not just U.S. boundaries within the U.S., but it also crossed internationally around the world. Eric, do you want to add on to that? Yeah, um, I think this tariff war on the China side, it really caused a lot of discussions, um, not just the uh, related to steel and the aluminum, but in a broader term, what's going to happen, uh, what the effect or the ripple effect afterwards. So it is a, a big deal in China as well. So, Jeff, I'm going to ask you to discuss from a U.S. perspective what C-level executives should be thinking about as the U.S. sets about renegotiating trade deals around the world. Yeah, so if I'm an executive today, the minute I heard about steel and aluminum tariffs, I wondered what was next. And knowing that there is a significant amount of effort on the part of the U.S. administration to renegotiate trade deals around the world, there's a couple questions that, that come to mind. The first question really comes around, you know, where do I buy my products and where do the products I buy, what are they made of and where are those products coming from? So really thinking about what are the tiers of my production, whether that's products, frankly, or services, both are critical that are critical to my company. And do I know where the, those are, they're coming from? Because as the, and we've seen it from here, 
as it's spread to other commodities and to other services, there are, we don't know where this is going next and we've got to be ready. I think the second thing is not only is what am I importing and what am I bringing in, but what are my sources of U.S. supply if these trade sanctions or trade actions come into being? So how much of my services and products, what percentage can I buy from the U.S.? And do I have existing relationships? Because at the time the trade actions are announced, it's too late to be building those relationships. And then the third part is that there is uh, no action without equal and opposite reaction is what are my import, what are my exports that I'm sending around the world in products and services, and how likely are they to be the cause of a response to one of these trade actions? Eric, from your perspective, what is the order of magnitude of the steel and aluminum tariffs on China? Yeah, so the direct impact of the steel and aluminum tariff on China is actually small. And on the steel case, basically US, China export to the U.S. was squeezed for years after related to the, related to the tariff. And uh, it's been dropping year by year. So a lot of talking basically are saying China uh, still export to the U.S. door been closing already a few years ago. So the direct impact is small. However, um, there's a, a lot of nervousness and discussion what's going to follow up on this. Uh, what's the other country going to do in exchange of a favor status with the U.S., as, a, as well as a, also fending off the China over capacity spill into their or dumping into their, their market. So uh, what happened a few years ago with the solar panel is a good example. Uh, U.S. punished China, China on the solar panel and the European followed. And that's causing a lot of problems. So, yeah, direct impact is small, but the after effect could be huge. So, Eric, I'm going to lead the witness here a little bit. Is it fair to say that chief procurement officers that act with urgency is key to shore up supplier relationships and minimize financial exposure? And if you agree or disagree, explain why for our listeners. Yeah, I, I would agree um, because this uh, and there's a lot of things going on over here. Uh, this tariff war is actually very complex. Uh, you know, just one thing, for example, in the aluminum case, even though the China export to to the U.S. directly is very small, but if you look at what the U.S. import on alum, uh, aluminum product, the material origin are from China. And on the broader term, it's, I think the CPO or the, even the CEO are, should, are very nervous about what's going to happen uh, with this trade war if escalated. Uh, in the most recent cases, for example, ZTE, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big uh, China telecom company, and the U.S. government banned ZTE from uh, banned ZTE uh, banned U.S. company from uh, from selling to ZTE uh, for the next seven years. But 90% of ZTE chip are come from U.S. So this is, a, I think, is a part of the trade war. Uh, going on between China and and the U.S. and and the China U.S. is also investing investigating Huawei. So uh, as a senior executive of Chinese company, I think they're looking at all their supply chain could be affected by this trade war. For example, you're buying chips, and then they have to look at this in terms of diversified uh, their source as well as the compliance. You have to really not comply in every angle so now you don't get punished by the trade war. 
So this is, I think, what the Chinese executive are really looking at right now. Right, right. Jenard, yeah. if I can add to that just a bit. Yeah, please. I think that the, you know, what Eric's pointing out is important from both a Chinese and a U.S. perspective is really understanding where your products and services are coming from and taking that down, not just to the next supplier, but taking that down several levels to understand the makeup so that as trade actions are announced or as decisions are reached, that you can be able to look through your organization to understand the impact and know how much of a mitigation activities might you have to take in your business. So Jeff, you recently penned a provocative article. The article is titled, Four Moves for Chief Procurement Officers Amid the Steel and Aluminum Tariffs. In the article, you laid out what I'm calling four playbook activities for CPOs reacting to and mitigating the impacts of the upcoming changes. For the benefit of our listeners, take us through uh, the four playbook activities that you outlined in your article. Sure. Thanks, Art. In the article, we identify four different, as you said, actions. So the first is contracts pricing reviews. The second is supplier engagement. The third is supply chain assessment. And the fourth is a manufacturing footprint. Let's talk about each of those with a little bit of detail. In contracts pricing and review, it's really about understanding what kind of price change mechanisms may be in place so that as trade actions are announced or enforced, you understand whether or not you've got fixed pricing or whether you've got variable pricing and under what conditions your suppliers can can declare a force majeure or other action as a result. In addition to that, that's where also you want to start thinking about what are the liabilities you have relative to your tier two or tier three spend within your products. So as Eric pointed out, it's not just aluminum ingot that might be coming in from Russia or might be coming in from the Middle East. It's the fact that that aluminum first went to China. It was put into an extrusion. That extrusion may have been put into a product, and that product was sold to your company. Depending upon how strict the actions are from a trade perspective and what kinds of products are included, there could be action taken against that product, even though it may be two or three levels removed from the original source country that the product came from. So being very careful of those country of origin requirements and understanding that to be able to know what your risk is. The second is supplier engagement. It's never too late to make sure that you are taking the time to make sure there is executive content contact between you and your key suppliers and to look beyond the next 12-month deal here. So we really would stress that making sure that you have executives assigned from both your suppliers and your company that the critical relationships are maintained, that there is open communication, especially in these times of hour-by-hour changes to trade acts and and trade regulations. And then also to make sure that, that in that engagement, it is not just about price, but it is about price product Uh, as well as placement from a standpoint of how you're bringing and using products from your suppliers. The next piece is really thinking about that supply chain assessment. So that's really being able to evaluate your forecasted demand and understand how much you're buying and how much you're buying at those tier two and those tier three levels so that you can be thinking about not only, as we said, the products and services, but also in some cases, this could impact the capital expenditures that you're planning. This could impact the tooling that you're placing and where you're putting tooling 
it with your suppliers around the world. And then lastly, as you look at your footprint and you look at where you're bringing your products from, you may find that you have gaps in your supply base, particularly in the U.S. Many companies you know, in the last years have spent significant amount of effort taking production to low-cost countries. With the trade actions that could be going on, you need to make sure that for those critical parts and those critical services, that you have some of that capability and capacity in the U.S. that can be used. It may be at a price and it may end up changing your average cost because you have to, it'll be important to be buying something from those companies so that you can turn on that production, but really looking across that footprint to make sure that you're balanced and not susceptible to trade actions more than you need to be or more than your competitors are. Jeff Pollack is a managing director with Alvarez and Marcel in Atlanta. He's part of our corporate performance improvement practice. And Eric Wang is also a managing director with AM in our Shanghai office. He heads our China restructuring and performance improvement practice. For our listeners, for more information, visit our homepage at alvarezandmarsal.com and connect with us on LinkedIn at Alvarez and Marsal.